ask that you just be with um, our pastor, Lord, and just uh, fill him with the Holy Ghost, Lord, that he may um, speak your word, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you would remain standing with me and flip over a few pages to hymn number 345. Hymn number 345. Grace greater than our sins. Hymn number 345. We'll sing it out here on all four verses. Number 345 on that first verse. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord, grace that exceeds our sin. It's greater than all our sins. 
verse like you mean it some of you are like grace grace god's grace now sing it out like you mean it put a smile on your face we're singing about god's grace and how it's greater than sin amen so sing it out here on that third verse dark it does Welcome to Central Park Baptist Church, our 2 o'clock service. We're glad that you're here. Don't forget, we'll be having soul winning this Saturday. No men's prayer breakfast. We already did that, but we will have Saturday soul winning at 930 in the morning. Weather permitting, there will be a text that will go out on Friday night to let you know in advance in case it would be canceled. Don't forget, our fifth Sunday sing is coming, our fifth Sunday sing. On our fifth Sundays, we take a little bit of time and we give everybody a chance who would like to sing a special, to sing a special, it's really quite enjoyable. Yeah, right. I like it. Yeah. And it gives folks who don't normally get a chance to sing a chance to sing. Amen. Right. And so if you would like to sing, please sign up on the bulletin board. And then check your song with Brother DeVito, and he'll verify that it's one of the songs that's approved. All right. Don't forget, next Sunday we'll be having uh, Pastor Dan Tidd. 
Pastor Dan Tidd will be with us. He's from um, Indianapolis Lighthouse Baptist Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. A good man. He's been here many times as a visitor. He's a good friend of our preachers. He likes to try to beat preacher at golf, and sometimes he does. And so this time he doesn't have a chance. Am I right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... Uh, he'll be coming in for a couple of days, and then he'll be out going to Houston to preach for his son, I believe, as well. Yeah. And then uh, don't forget about our ladies and men's Bible studies tomorrow night at 645. 645, men and ladies Bible studies. I want to encourage you to be a part of that if you're able. Uh, there is no charge for the food. Right. Amen. Uh, yeah. Only that when they purchase it at the grocery store. Uh, and then uh, it'll be a, a good meal for everybody that's uh, involved. And I want to encourage you to start out 2023 with the Bible studies. Amen. Uh, that'll be a blessing to you, uh, men's and women's. You do not have to be a member here at Central Park Baptist Church to attend the Bible studies. Amen. If you want to go to the Bible studies, it's free for you to attend. And so come on. Amen. Amen. Welcome. We've been usually between 40 and 50 people normally, so uh, you come. If you cook it, just cook it and bring it. We'll have Bible study and good time uh, tomorrow night ready to go. One other thing, and we mentioned that this afternoon, teachers meeting, 22nd. Okay, I know that's still two weeks away, but that's going to follow the afternoon service. We've, we've got choir practice and things going on uh, in between services, so we're going to wait and do it following the afternoon service uh, on the 22nd. So please, teachers workers, uh, helpers, wannabe teachers, if you're interested, let me encourage you, you come and you be there uh, Sunday afternoon, the 22nd, following our afternoon service, okay? So please don't forget about that. And pray again, pray for Brother Tid as he comes. I'm looking forward to him. They come and they stay at the house with Sherry and I. They're just a close friends, good, a good pastor, uh, a good, uh, you know, the Bible says iron sharpeneth iron. And I'm, I'm always glad when he comes, and uh, it, it helps me and encourages me, and, and Sherry as well, so pray for them. Uh, he does try to beat me in golf, and, he, and, and by the way, he's from Indianapolis. They play golf in the winter, and he told me the other day, I said, brother, I'm not playing golf if it's 40 degrees. He said, I got a heater. And I've got one of them canopies that go over the golf course. I said, man, if, listen, if you have to put a heater in your golf cart to play golf, I'm out. Right. You know, so, but he's die hard. And anyway, so, but I look forward to it. We, we do have a good time of fellowship. So, y'all, please pray for him and pray that everybody be back up and, and uh, functioning so they can be here to hear uh, Brother Ted come. The end of the month, the 29th, let me go ahead and throw this in. Brother uh, Al Reichman will be here. Uh, the Jewish gentleman that we and his ministry, uh, some, uh, I can't say it, ha, have something ministries. Anyway, it's on the bulletin board out here, okay? But he's going to be preaching that morning service, okay, on the 29th. So uh, please don't forget uh, and just pray for him as he comes as well. Let's have a good offering, amen. We had a pretty good offering this morning, I, I guess. I, I, don't, I wasn't in there, so... Uh, we've uh, had a good offering the last few weeks. Let's just keep up the good work, amen, and, and uh, continue to pray and uh, pray for our missions that we continue to use that in a way to bring honor and glory uh, to the Lord. Father, help us, God, and thank you, Lord, for our people. God, we're getting ready to uh, start again on our study of Moses. God, it's pretty interesting to, as we just really dissect his, uh, his life, Lord, and the things that you've placed in your word. I pray, God, that you'd uh, bless us, Lord, this afternoon. Bless this offering. 
Thank you, God, for our folks, Lord, and their faithfulness in giving of their tithes and offerings. Bless them, Lord. And, God, I pray again that you'll help us to be uh, good stewards of the offerings that are given. And may we use it in such a way, bring honor and glory to the cause of Christ. And, uh, Lord, just to be a benefit to the ministry of Central Park Baptist Church. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. stand once again with me and turn your hymnals to hymn number 341. Hymn number 341, He Included Me. Hymn number 341, we'll sing it out on the first and last verse. Hymn number 341, He Included Me on that first verse. I am so happy in Christ today that I go singing along my way. Jesus, I shall 
that will be. There'll be no sorrow there, no more burdens you bear, no more sickness, no pain, no more parting over there. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day, glorious day that will be. singing if you would uh shake hands at this time reach out and uh yeah <laughs> Could it be that up in heaven, God is sitting on his throne, anticipating another sinner will soon become his own? Years of wasted living and years of toil and strife are just about to be over as he receives the gift of life. Go sound the horn. Strike up the choir, a sinner is saved, safe from the fire, no more in darkness, he's received my song, all heavens rejoicing, that's the value of one. The Holy Spirit been working to soften up a heart. All he needs is a willing servant to simply do his part. Can you imagine up in heaven the joy there'll be that day as a sinner bows his head to pray? Can't you hear the Father say? Oh, sound the horn. Strike up the choir, a sinner is saved, safe from the fire, no more in darkness, he received my song, all heavens rejoicing, that's the value of one. Start construction on the mansion, there on hallelujah street. He doesn't know yet what he's waiting. 
when the Savior here will make. Sound the horn, strike up the choir. A sinner is saved, saved from the fire. No more in darkness, he received my song. All heavens rejoicing, that's the value of one. All heavens rejoicing. That's the value of one. Hebrews Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, we'll read a few verses there, but we're also going to be over in Acts chapter 7 as well. So we'll, uh, but turn to Hebrews 11. That's where we're going to. Read first. Hebrews chapter 11. We'll start in verse 23. We'll read down through verse 26. All right? Found your place? Say amen. amen. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, <clears throat> esteeming the reproach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Dear Father, help us, Lord, as we come before you this afternoon, and uh, God, as we continue in the study in the life of Moses, and God, I pray that we will glean from Moses' life those things that will help us and strengthen us as well in our life, and uh, may we use them. Lord, I pray that the messages, God, will not just be for information, but, God, they will be for application, Lord, in our daily lives. And so help us, God, and strengthen us. Thank you, Lord, for our folks. Thank you for the special music today, Lord. And, and uh, God, we just give you praise for it all because it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> I can uh, just picture, and you can think of a, of a newspaper, I guess you will, and when I was reading this, I thought, you know, if... If you take Moses, what he did uh, when he did it uh, back in the day when he left the house of Pharaoh, I can just see it in what I call the Egyptian Gazette. (laughs) Moses leaves the palace. I mean, if you were to take him, what he did then, and put it in today's time and age and what uh, in media I'm telling you folks I believe that uh, it would be a media frenzy think about it Uh, I mean Moses being raised in the palace one day just says nope I'm done I mean I I think that the coverage would be endless I mean nowadays you see coverage over things that'd be like really are we still talking about this I mean there's things that's happened you know, uh, four years ago that we're still hearing about today, and it's like, man, just let it, let it die, you know, leave it alone. And, and, and I think it'd be the same way about Moses when he left the palace. I, I think his announcement to leave, I'm sure, was met with indignation on the part of Pharaoh and even the princess. I mean, others might even say something like, well, you know, I knew this wouldn't last. After all, he was a slave. 
He was a child of a slave. I mean, I, I mean, think about you know. I mean, I knew he wouldn't last. I, I, I just knew he would leave. But everybody would have their opinion uh, as to why he left. Even among the Jews, I think they would have their own opinion. But no one would uh, have guessed. I believe his hidden purpose. I mean, born of God, nurtured by the Holy Spirit. I believe uh, his departure took place. Uh, in a way that it was ordained of God, even his life. And in fact, if you turn back to Acts chapter 7 and verse 23, Acts chapter 7 uh, and verse 23, you'll notice that it says, and, and you can kind of leave your finger there, it says, and when he was full 40 years old, he came, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. Uh, I mean, Moses was in the prime of his life. Um, after being raised in his early years by his mother, he had been taken uh, from, uh, you know, from that position or that uh, uh, surroundings and put into the palace uh, as the adopted son of Pharaoh's daughter. And in fact, if you look in verse 22 of Acts chapter 7, you see where it says, Moses was learned in all wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. I mean, he was well known and well respected uh, in Egypt, and Moses brought honor, and I believe he brought esteem to the palace. And folks, one thing that royalty craves and thrives on are two things, is, is honor and esteem. They, they feed off of that stuff. And, and all of this, I think, only added to the shock and, and the significance of, of what took place when Moses separated from the palace when he chose to leave. But I wonder if anybody really besides God and Moses understood what was going on. I wonder if, uh, you know, if they really understood or appreciated the significance of what's happening. But listen, I just wrote here, heathenism could not understand. Heathenism could not comprehend what was taking place. In fact, the Egyptians could not understand what was going on. And I don't believe, I, I, or I do believe that there was a lot of Israelites that really didn't understand what was taking place either. Because after all, they had given themselves over to idolatry. So natural man's way of thinking would not have told Moses to stay where he was and not give up his high position and all the privileges that he had and all the perks that he had in the palace. Natural man would have said, you mean you're going to give all that up? You mean you're going to give up this? I mean, look, look what you got. You're going to, you're going to give that. And that, that's what natural man. But, call, but the Bible says the natural man perceives not the things of God. And folks, listen, faith and nature are always at odds with one another. All, let me say that again. Faith and nature are always at odds with one another. Look back in Hebrews chapter or chapter eleven, verse twenty-four, and notice uh, that Moses first refused his position. The Bible says he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, some really believe, and I kind of tend to lean that way, is that uh, it meant that Moses refused the throne; that he uh, that he rejected it completely. Uh, I believe that, listen, I believe he was second in line to the throne uh, after Pharaoh. I think he was in line for that. I believe they were grooming him for that, but he rejected it completely. Listen, worldly position is a difficult gem to refuse. And all people can say, amen. Position has a lot of appeal to this old flesh. 
Uh, I mean, and, and there have been very few, uh, that I, I believe, who followed in Moses' footsteps and done as he did when it comes to position. Many uh, today, I think, are offered position. They're offered wealth. And, uh, and, and when it's offered, character's just thrown to the wind. Uh, and it doesn't take much for some. I've seen people that have taken jobs uh, and moved away from a church that they're involved in for 50 cents an hour. I've seen people that have given up uh, their church and given up, listen, for uh, a job that they thought would give them a plenty of, uh, of, of the world's uh, opportunities and the world's, uh, uh, the world's uh, uh, material things. And, and, and so we can see that here with Moses. Listen, that he was there, but the Bible says that he refused his position. And, and as Christians, we can learn some of that thing. Listen, those things aren't all they're cracked up to be. And we'll get to that in a minute. He also refused popularity in verse 22. The Bible says Moses was mighty in words and deeds. I mean, those in positions of royalty and, uh, and, and rule, uh, those in positions of, uh, of authority, they love fame. Think about our politicians today. I'm telling you, they fall in love with that stuff and they forget about why they're there. Amen. Uh, they love the recognition. They love the pomp, the circumstance. Uh, but Moses refused all that, something that few people would do today. Uh, but listen, he had more character than most. He had more character than that. Uh, in fact, popularity didn't have the priority with him. God had priority with him. Listen, he craved for the favor of God over the favor of men. And that's where you and I need today. We need, to fa uh, we need to make sure that we favor God over the things of this world. But the world today, listen, the old flesh is hard to crucify. But Moses refused his position. He refused his popularity. But notice also he refused the pleasures of the palace. Uh, if you look there in verse 25... It says, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Uh, the palace, now think about this, in Egypt and even in our government today, and in, in not just the White House, but all the government buildings, they offer protection from, you know, from watch, they offer unlimited fleshly pleasure in, in those positions that they have. Those buildings offer the protection for these people to act in an ungodly manner without any fear of being reprimanded or, or reproved for that. And, and, and Moses was the same way because notice what it said, that he would rather suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin. And, bo and listen, you know this, I do. There is pleasure in sin. Amen. Amen. Satan made certain of that. There's pleasure in sin, but read the rest of that verse for a season. But Moses could see beyond today. He could see beyond the temporal. He could see beyond just this life. And listen, he was not spiritually or morally nearsighted. You know, you know what nearsighted, right? I mean, isn't that right? Nearsighted where you can't see things far off. Listen, I'm telling you, we get, we get to that point where we don't look down the road a, a year or six months or, or uh, two years. We lo look at today. Can it bring, bring me pleasure today? What's it going to do for me today? But we never think of the consequences of the decisions we make that's going to happen down the road. Well, Moses could see that. 
He saw the future when uh, sin's pleasures uh, cease to be pleasure and they only bring pain. Sin always brings pain. Always. Uh, A lot of Christians today, or a lot of people, Christians included, uh, they look at the choices they make and they choose to what, you know, sow, and we've heard this saying before, well, you got to sow there, you know, we got to sow our wild oats. No, you don't. Listen, that's a crock. That, that's a lie from Satan to just fall into that, that thought process of, well, I'm young. I just got to sow my wild oats. Wait a minute. You better be careful. People think, well, I'm young. After all, that's what I'm supposed to do. It'll be okay. That is absolutely false. Look in Hosea chapter 8. I want you to see this. Hosea chapter 8 and verse 7. Hosea chapter 8, verse 7, find your place, amen. Okay, I'm still waiting. Hosea chapter 8, verse 7, it says, For they have sown the wind. In other words, well, i got to sow my wild oats. You better be careful, because look what that verse says, And they shall reap the whirlwind. Listen, I'm telling you, uh, if you sow it, you're going to reap it. You're going to reap more than you sow. And you're going to reap later than you sow. But you're going to pay. Um, you know, I was thinking about this. I thought, you know, storms change you. Storms change you. They, uh, I, you know, they, they change your perspective. Some, it takes a few more storms than it does others. <clears throat> but storms will change you. And when I wrote that, I thought, I thought the physical storms that come in this life, you know, tornadoes. I'm telling you, I, I'm, and you know, before, before that house hit, or before that tornado, the first one hit our house, you know, I, it, tornadoes were no big deal. I've seen them. I've been out on the front porch, watched them before, but they were off in a distance. It was always somebody else. And it was always, man, that was a big one, man. That, you know, somebody lost their life. Well, I, and in your mind, you're thinking, well, you know, that's no, you know, that'll never happen to me. But the first time it comes and gets your house, the next time a strong wind comes up, you know what you're going to be doing? Man, I'm telling you, you got your feelers out. You're looking and you're thinking, oh, man, what? I'm telling you, it changes your perspective. It changes the way you think. But I want you to understand something. The storms of this life, whether they're tornadoes or hurricanes, they are only a breeze compared to the storms of the judgment of Almighty God. Amen. Listen, when God gets ready for judgment and He gets your attention, listen, as a child of God, you'll know it when God gets your attention. Amen. It'll change you. And I wonder how many lives have, that we've seen in society and in the church that have been wrecked and ruined because people have sacrificed, listen, divine usefulness on the altar of worldly pleasure. Because they choose to, uh, the things of this old world. Moses chose to give them up. Moses refused possessions. Look in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 26. Um, let me get my glasses on and read it. Verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Um, 
that, you know, there's a lot of stuff right here, and I want, I'm just going to kind of touch it, but watch. Moses preferred to do right and suffer as a result than to do wrong and experience pleasure. When's the last time we chose to do right and suffer? You know, Moses chose God, even though much pain is going to follow rather than choosing Egypt. I mean, it, notice what it says, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches. Uh, I mean, he chose to suffer. He knew that his choice was going to cost him, but he still chose, and we're going to look at that. Uh, he chose affliction, uh, or choose, excuse me, chose affliction of righteousness. Um, you may already know this, but sometimes you have to choose suffering if you're going to, you know, if you're going to have the best of life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me say it again. Sometimes you're going to have to choose suffering if you're going to have the best life. And a lot of folks only see this in the physical or material sense and not in the spiritual realm. But listen, we as God's people, we need to start learning how to look th things through the spiritual, our spiritual eyes and not just the eyes of this world. Listen, because there's an, we're going to face an eternity one day, and, and, and the only things that we do, and we've heard it in a song, the only things that we do for the Lord Jesus Christ right now today are going to be the things that stand the test of time. But most folks only see, it, see the physical or the material. Spiritually and morally, the world does not comprehend the need for suffering. Uh, they view pain as evil and pleasure as good. But think about this. I was thinking about this the other day. But if, if they look, if the world looks at and views pain as evil and pleasure as good, what if Christ, what would it look like if Christ had not suffered on the cross for our sin? I'm telling you, listen, uh, what a great loss for the redeemed uh, who are born again children of God. Listen, what a great loss for us had Christ not suffered and endured, and endured pain. Look, Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5, it's a familiar verse of Scripture, said he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. Listen, can you imagine what God's word or salvation would look like had Christ not suffered on the cross for mankind? This book would be totally different. Uh, uh, listen, our salvation would be totally different had Christ not suffered on the cross for our sin. And so we see this in Moses. He chose affliction of righteousness. Look back in verse 25 of chapter 11. Moses chose to associate with God's people. Now listen, he chose to be with the Israelites rather than the Egyptians no matter the cost. Well, why did he do that? Why did he choose uh, the, the pleasures of the palace and the privileges of a palace uh, to be with a bunch of slaves? Well, the first thing I thought of is because they were God's people. Amen. Listen, they may not have been living like it, but the reality was they were God's chosen people and Moses chose them. Listen, can I tell you something today, this afternoon? We're, we are not perfect. Come on, everybody should have said amen. None of us are perfect. But listen, even though we are not perfect, listen, we ought to choose to stay and be around the, uh, the people of Almighty God. 
Moses chose the Israelites. Watch this. We can easily see, if you look back in Exodus chapter 2 and verse 11, that Moses' race was not concealed or kept from him. I mean, he knew. If you look in Exodus chapter 2 and verse 11, it tells us that, and it says, because they were his brethren. Listen, he wasn't ashamed of the fact that he was of the Jewish race. It, it, that, that was his brethren. We're going to get into this next week, and I'm trying to stay with my, with my message this afternoon because I get to thinking about other stuff. Listen, uh, th- uh, we need to understand what Moses is trying to teach us here. Uh, uh, listen, he chose God's people. He chose his people. They were his brethren. When I thought of that, I thought, man, that, I thought of Paul. Paul said, "For now, I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, and to choose the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, he is also choosing the people that teach about the Lord Jesus Christ. But a lot of Christians today, man, we get, we get nervous and we get ashamed of, of, of people because they're so bold about the Lord Jesus Christ. God help us to not be ashamed of that. Be proud of who you are. I am an independent, fundamental, premillennial, King James Bible kind of preacher. And we ought to be thankful for that. But sometimes we get a little squeamish. We get around a, a crowd. We, maybe we're outnumbered. So what? I'm secure. I'm secure in my salvation. I'm secure in eternal security of the believer. I'm secure in what I believe about the Lord Jesus Christ. I may not know everything that's in here, and I do not. I may not even know how to explain everything that's in here, and I do not. But listen, that, that nobody's going to change me of what I believe. Amen. And we ought to be thankful for that. And listen, I'm, we're, even though we're not all perfect, I still enjoy coming and being around God's people. Amen. And we need to be careful. Uh, we need to be careful about the people that we run with. Listen, we reveal what kind of character we have by the people we prefer to be with. Man, it got quiet. Those who are truly God's people, they'll want to be identified with God's people. They will prefer to fellowship with the saints rather than with the world. The old saying says, birds of a feather. Yep. And it always makes me wonder and and even a little bit nervous to be around folks who spend more time around the worldly and ungodly than they do with the people of God. Makes me a little nervous. So I'll ask the question, what kind of bird are you? Birds of a feather flock together. Listen, God help us to be identified with the people of Almighty God. It's okay to be a, a, an independent Baptist. I have people ask me all the time, oh, well, you're Southern Baptist? No. Oh, really? Yep, really. I'm an independent Baptist. Oh, what's that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Amen. Amen. Oh, what kind of Bible do y'all use at your church? We use the King James Bible. You know, it's the King James Bible, not the King James Version. It's the Bible. So they asked. We believe in baptism by immersion. Oh, really? Well... Uh, and I hear this a lot. Well, I've been baptized before. 
Amen. Listen, I'm not ashamed of the, uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of the doctrines that are in the word of God. Listen, I'm telling you, whatever we believe, we ought to get it right in here. Oh, Moses chose to associate uh, with the people of God. Moses chose also the abuse of Christ. Look in verse 26. He says, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Now, now get, watch this real close. Esteeming the reproach of Christ. Well, now you realize Moses, uh, he knew about Christ. I mean, that, I mean, you read it right here. Uh, but wait a minute, didn't Moses live about 1,500 years before Christ? Yes, he did. Now, he may not, may not have known him well. He, does, he definitely did not know him as well as you and I do. But he knew enough about the Lord and his reproach to reject the things that Egypt was offering him. I mean, listen, he, the Bible says he esteeming the reproach of Christ. You understand that all through Scripture, it's about the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, from the, from the Genesis 1 to, to the end of the book of Revelation, as I've heard preachers say before, you cut this book anywhere and it'll bleed. Yeah. I mean, Moses knew. And he chose the reproach of Christ. That word reproach, it means verbal abuse, insult, defamation. Have you ever been uh, verbally abused because of what you stand for? Oh, I have. And this, you know, I don't think it's in here, but I'll go ahead and mention it, and I'll tell you again later. Uh, listen, I'm telling you, if you stand up for Christ, um, you can bet that you're going to be verbally abused somewhere down the road. Following Christ involves a lot of reproach in any age. And this is why there's, I think, so few that follow. Uh, this is why I believe there's so many fair-weather kind of Christians but the fact that Christ was and is reproached by the world, listen, shows you just really how sick this old world is. I mean, the, the Lord Jesus Christ came to help, and he did. You, you realize that uh, the Bible says that if everything that the Lord did were written, this, that, the, that the, the volume of a book or the, that the books could not contain all the things that he's done, Listen, we've got just a snippet of what Jesus Christ did for us on this earth. And listen, I'm, and, and, and he healed the sick, made the lame to walk, gave that ability to some of his apostles. I mean, I, I mean, after all, the long-winded preacher was preaching, a kid fell out of the window and kid died, and he, get, and, and he brought him back to life. Now, <clears throat> I'm not going to preach that long, and if you fall out dead... I can't help you, but I'm telling you, I, I want you to understand something, that the Lord Jesus Christ, those people, they were there to help people and to tell them about Jesus Christ, and listen, and they ridiculed him, the Bible says they mocked him to scorn, and, and, and yet Moses chose the reproach of Christ over the pleasures of the palace for a season. I mean, Christ is God, he's perfect, holy. The redeemer of mankind, the spiritual lifeboat to a lost world that's, that's sinking in sin and headed for hell. And yet people send him away. Um, church our way. 
and, and they forget about the Lord Jesus Christ. But, but, but Moses chose. Moses also preferred the awards of heaven. If you look again in verse 26, the Bible says he had respect for the rewards of God and, uh, and not for the rewards of man. In other words, Moses preferred to wait for spiritual rewards than, than fleshly rewards now. He said, Lord, I'll, I'm going to wait and I'll get all my rewards later down the road because he was looking beyond that day. He was looking beyond the future. He was looking into eternity and he said, you know, what God has for me in eternity is a whole lot better than what the world has for me today. Amen. And he chose. Moses believed the promises of God to Israel and, and, and which it makes me think, you know, if you preach uh, about great spiritual rewards and man, I, I mean, they're waiting for us in heaven one day and one of these days we're going to stand and the, the rewards are going to be given to those who are faithful to live for God today. Listen, and, and we preach on those kind of things and a lot of people will yawn and, and they will, you know, do all this. They will look over here. They will look at that and, and, and they will even tune out the message. But if you talk about physical and material awards, I mean, uh, congregations today flock to those kinds of preachers. They talk about right now, physical, material things in this life. Man, I'm telling you, you start talking about, listen, I'll, I'll, here, I'm, I'm here to let you know that if you listen to me real close, I'm going to tell you how you can get a million dollars from God and, 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 yet, and there's hucksters that preach that kind of stuff and man, people will move to the edge of their seat and their eyes will get this big. They'll get their pens and their papers out and they're all in. You have their undivided attention. I mean, they want it right now. And churches uh, all over have given themselves over to the material and physical emphasis in their preaching and in their overall philosophy of ministry. They do away with the choir. They bring in the band. I mean, we've had, when we started this stuff about our sound system, well, what kind of band you got? We don't have a band. We have a choir. I mean, they do away with all that stuff. They'll put in the fog machines, the colored lights. They'll even dim the lights to help the Holy Spirit be able to move on the hearts of people. And the result is carnal and worldly Christians. Yep. I mean, Paul said to crucify the flesh, to die to self. Moses is a perfect example of that. He said no to the pleasures of this world, and yes, to the promises of God. You know, that's why, it, listen, no flesh, I'm telling you, the, the flesh is hard to say no to. I got up this morning, and in my mind, I'm saying, I'm not eating any donuts today. <laughs> my wife walked in the office, had two fresh boxes, and I could smell them. They were still warm. And in my mind, I'm saying, nope, you know, you said you're going to do good today. <clears throat> but I ate one. <laughs> and then I walked through the deal this afternoon, and there were the little, the little, little Debbie cinnamon roll things. Yep, I ate one of those. Uh, but I drank water with it. 
Yep. Crucify the flesh. Amen. Die to the flesh. When it comes to the things of this old world, listen, no devil makes it difficult for us. He offers all kinds of things that appeal to the flesh to try to get us to get away from the things of God. But Moses preferred the awards of heaven. We live in a society that wants everything right now today. Instant gratification. But listen, I'm telling you, uh, it's all going to get burnt up. How many trophies have you seen in, in, in garage sales or in the trash that, that, that kids or even adults have won over the years? And, and you go to a garage sale and here's a trophy. I mean, that thing is made for whatever the reason, softball, baseball, volleyball, all this stuff. And, and the adult or the kids have won this in their life. And, and, and you look at it and it's 15 cents in a garage sale. It's worthless means absolutely nothing that's the rewards of this world but one of these days we're going to have a reward in heaven Moses chose that look in verse 24 the question is well what was the motivation that prompted Moses refusals you know I've seen these actors and you know in commercials or something and they're doing something and they'll say and they're getting ready to do this scene and you can hear them go okay well what's my motivation Okay, what, you know what I'm saying? What, what's my mo- Well, what was Moses' motivation? What was it that caused him to leave the house of Pharaoh? What, what made him do that? Look in verse 24. It says, by faith, Moses refused. In other words, his motivation was faith in God's word. Remember, I was talking to you this morning about how Satan attacks your faith. Because he knows that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Listen, by faith, Moses refused. You see, the things that motivate us today reveals your character. And all of us are motivated by something in everything that we do. And the unfortunate thing is most are motivated by things like money, the praise of man, a fleshly appetite. Listen, it's our motivation, though, that will determine how God evaluates our actions. It's our motives. We must understand that What we do for God, we've got to do it for the right reason. We've got to do it for His honor and for His glory. Not not for the the, the pat on the back from mankind. Not for the applause of men. Not for somebody to say, man, that was awesome. You did a great job. We live in a society today that's overwhelmed by that. I understand about giving our children about, you know, patting them and saying, man, good job and all those things. But listen, we need to live in the real world. Listen, and when we, when we do things for God, don't do them and, and wait on, on the applause of man. If you do things for God for the applause of man, you're not going to last. Uh, we've got to do them with the right motive. Look in Isaiah chapter 29. <clears throat> Some folks, when they do things for God, outwardly they look like they're really serving the Lord. But Isaiah 29, 13 shed some light on it. It says, Wherefore, the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their hearts far from me. Um, They're doing it for the wrong motivation. Listen, faith is a much better motivation in our conduct. Faith will sustain you when other motivations will not. 
I mean, Moses, listen, you think if Moses would have continued leading the Israelites out of, you know, uh, out of Egypt, even through the, the wilderness, um, had he been doing it for any other reason than his faith in God? Listen, I'm telling you, they were only out three days. And they already complaining. Three days. A bunch of them. I mean, a, a bunch. Hundreds of thousands of people. Listen, sometimes you ever had two or three people try to, you know, uh, you know, you get blood in the water and there's a feeding frenzy. Yep, been there and done that. Moses wouldn't have lasted. I mean, we give him a hard time sometime about, you know, hitting the rock when the Lord said to speak to the rock. But I'm telling you, Moses was human just like you and I. And if he will fail, so will you if you're not careful. Listen, we will not make it today if we do anything for Christ for any other reason than our faith in God. Listen, this is why there's so many today that are in church for a little while, out of church for a little while. Um, because they, they've done it for the wrong motivation. Listen, uh, faith in God, let me say it again, will sustain you when everything else will fail. Moses' refusals, listen, evidenced his confidence in the promises of God. Do you have confidence in God? Uh, are you sure? Then what's your motivation? When you do something and, and there's nobody around to pat you on the back or do it, well, are you staying with it? Are you going to go back and start again the next day? Do it for the right reason. Uh, listen, do it for, listen, God keeps a record. No, don't be interested in man keeping a record. I've seen Brother Aaron's record book and it's lousy. I mean, I've done things for him over and over and he just never, he don't even write it down. He's, you know, we, we say things like, it's right here. It's right here in this, it's in this vault right here. Nothing gets in, nothing gets out. You know, listen, when we do things for God, we need to do them for him because he keeps a record. He writes it down because the Bible says and the books were open and we'll be judged out of everything that's written in those books. Uh, Moses, man, I, I can imagine at 40 years old, 40 prime of his life, been in the, uh, the palace all those years. And one day he just says, I'm out. Uh, it's worth it, I promise. I, I think back, to, and I know I, you, you may get tired of this, but I'm, boy, I don't. I get, I'm thankful that God gave me a, a second chance. But I can sure see myself, two or three o'clock in the morning, trudging through a bunch of grime and filth out on an oil rig and and God saying okay this is it I kind of can see Moses in a way I'm not comparing myself to him but I'm telling you it happens and God says alright make a choice and I went and I said I'm out God has something better for me than what this has I'm done. And I can tell you, it's been worth every minute. Has it been easy? No, not all of it. There's been a lot of heartache and pain and suffering, but I'm telling you, every minute is worth it. Every minute. I'm thankful today 
that God gave me an opportunity to choose him all over. And if I, if I had it all to do again, one, I'd stay out of the oil field. <laughs> I, I'd go to seminary and stay there and, and do what God wanted me to do so I wouldn't waste the years that I wasted. Uh, but that didn't, that didn't play out that way. Uh, but listen, but we all come to that place where we have to make a choice. Moses, he came to that place at the age of 40. I believe God tapped him on the shoulder through the presence of the Spirit of God and said, Moses, you know about me. Now what are you going to do? And he said, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm going to choose, I'm, I'm out. I'm choosing the reproach of Christ and then the pleasures of this palace for a season. God, you can count on me. He walked away. Listen, where, where are you walking today? Uh, what are you choosing? You know, I know you chose right because you're here this afternoon. Uh, and I'm thankful. But there's going to be other times and there may be other things in your life that you need to make a choice about. Can I encourage you today? Choose the, choose the Lord. Don't choose the things of this old world because the spiritual uh, benefits and rewards that we're going to have one day far outweigh the pleasures of this old world for a season. Father, help us. God, speak to our hearts. And, and Lord, as we continue to look at Moses, God, he shows us some things, Lord, and uh, that I, I think gives us direction. And God, but we still have to choose. Just as Moses had to choose, God, we still have to choose. Lord, sometimes those choices are not easy because we've got to tell this old flesh no, and the flesh is used to getting what it wants. But God, help us to choose the spiritual above the material. Help us to look down the road just as Moses did and, and, and see the rewards that are waiting on us, Lord, on the, other, on the other side. God, please help us today. Lord, give this invitation this afternoon. Speak to our hearts, and may we give way to you, Lord, and and just do what you would have us to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. While we stand and <clears throat> while Brother Elias sings a verse of invitation, listen to the Lord speaking to your heart about something. You come right now while we sing. Come on. Come on. While the piano plays, if you need to come, you come. Come on, if you need to come.